but then, you know what? And in the ring with Dan and Benny, hey, brother, man, he's about the most cat. I just love him to death. I love you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're the best. I'm telling you, brother, in the ring with Dan and Benny. Yeah. We love you. Thank Woo. you so much, Dan. Oh, yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spashano, joined, as always, by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, how you doing, buddy? Dan, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told you the last time we had this gentleman on our show. It's a great day to be young, tall, handsome, and wealthy. Or, for me, it's Tuesday. <laughs> well, we're recording. You say it's Tuesday. We're recording this uh, WrestleMania weekend just passed, but enough of the uh, the B-list shows. Let's get to the real main event, which is a, the new episode of Dan and Benny in the Ring. The uh, the real big story coming out of wrestling is, uh, of course, us and our new uh, new episode, much bigger than um, whatever that was that happened in uh, oh, yeah, somewhere this weekend. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe a few people showed up. I don't know. But, um, you know, Benny, you talk about the... Big, tall, and handsome. I don't think it gets any taller than our guest. Why don't you tell everybody who we got on the line with us? Well, you know, Dan, th- this wrestling business that we love so dearly, it, it is ripe rife with um, exaggeration and misstatements. A couple examples are you know, Andre the Giant never having been body slammed before WrestleMania three. Uh, Goldberg's 173-match winning streak. And uh, Buddy Rose weighing 217 pounds. But now this gentleman uh, who is returning to our show about a year later uh, is billed at seven foot three inches tall. And having stood next to him at Sonny's Barbecue in Newport, Ritchie, Florida, I can absolutely verify that this gentleman is every bit of seven, seven foot three inches tall. And a gentleman that I am very proud to call my friend, Buck Bresner. Buck, welcome back to Dan and Betty in the Ring. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Pleasure to be back. Well, like Benny said, we we had you on last March. It's been about a year, uh, a little over a year. Um, I know a, a lot's changed for you. Benny mentioned running into you in Florida. You're you're back in the the Sunshine State. You uh, you glad to be back in Florida? Uh, yes, I am. As a matter of fact. Well, uh, Buck, the last time we had you on, you you went to great lengths to talk about the importance of of being properly trained, and now. I, I always use analogies and to me, like getting the proper wrestling training is like getting a diploma from an Ivy league college, like a, a, a Cornell or an Ithaca. I figured being that you're from Syracuse, I'd, I'd make it local to, to you. Um, and to me, when you, when you go in front of a promoter, that, that, that wrestling diploma is like, you know, it's like handing them your resume, you're applying for a job and, you know, having that, that, you know, being well-trained from a, from a credible school, to me, would be worth its weight in gold, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, I um, I totally agree with you, my brother. Uh, it depends who you're trained by, how well you're trained by, and as everybody knows, I was trained by the great Malenko, and uh, one of the best in the business in the Tampa Bay area. You know, he 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 was better off a long, long time, and uh, of course, there's other schools out there today that uh, the fine in the, in the area are wherever, but uh, the one true school that uh, I will say 
that really, really taught me and uh, really, really, really took me through the lane is the great Malenko. And uh, I can't, I can't, there's, there's no getting around that. There's no beating around the bush. He's just one of the top men and uh, he's one of the top guys in the business and he'll, he'll take it to you. I'll put it that way, my friend. And when you graduate from the school, his name and his reputation, along with the diploma type, say, I'll say diploma type the way, can get you a decent career. So you were trained by a man who, uh, who was a legend. And um, I called Ray uh, Malenko the dad of professional wrestling. And he taught me, he taught a lot of the other boys in the business. And I can't, I, I can't say anything more than that. I can't express that enough. Now, Buck, and we've chatted in the past about this, you know, it's not like a, a one-size-fits-all training course. I mean, because of your height, he specifically trained you to to wrestle as a giant, correct? Correct. He tried to train me uh, doing regular stuff, but uh, like I said before, the great Malenka would always say, if it doesn't work for you, do not do it. It will not work for you. Uh, it will make you look horrible in the ring, don't do it. It's not for you. And I tried so many times, you know, normal stuff, like the Japanese Cornish height or head tosses, regular head tosses. And uh, one night, as a matter of fact, uh, a friend of mine who I met back then, was, his name was Freight Train Freddy. He was six foot seven, six foot eight at the time. He was the only able one who actually gave me a head toss for the first time. And anytime after that, it's like, you know, you, you just you just grow out of it. And it's a mental block, so to speak, if that makes any sense. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry about that. You talk about uh, wrestlers and interactions. Your last appearance, you, you mentioned Lanny Poffo is one of the wrestlers that you really enjoyed working with. Sadly, it, since you've last been on the show, he passed away not too long ago. Um, seems that we never go too long without, uh, unfortunately, hearing about the rest, you know, the passing of a wrestling legend. We were just talking uh, before. Excuse, Benny was just sharing with us a story before we went on about the be, being with the Bushwhackers on the on a plane. You said, Benny, right? You were sitting in front of them on an airplane. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, it seems all the time, you know, the the, the old line, uh, you reach the point in in time where life stops giving you new things and starts taking the old ones away. Uh, I know you're a man, deep faith, and I think there's a kind of a lesson here. Um, we never know how long we'll have with people, and we really need to treat every encounter as if it could be the last, especially uh, I, I, it seems every time we hear about someone in the wrestling business, we always, somebody, there's a story. We just had a match together. We just were at a convention together. Uh, so, I mean, really, you want to treat everything as if, you know, you never know when you'll see anybody again. You, you agree? Oh, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, just like Brian Blair would say, you know, you got to live it as, as you know, as they, you know, one minute I could be in the ring with Hulk Hogan or Lex Luger or whoever the next minute um, you're in a hospital on a deathbed or whatever, and uh, you, you just never know. I mean, you're right. Uh, it depends how things are handled in life. But uh, the only important thing about this is, I will say, bro, is faith will get you through no matter what, what the outcome is going to be. And basically, if God wants you here on this earth to continue to do what he's called you to do in his life, if he's not ready to take you home, he's not going to do it until the exact time the way he planned it. And that is, that's just the way it is. And 
not my time, not your time, Benny, not um, anybody else's time, but his time alone. When, is it, when the clock stops running, that's it. You're exiting the earth. And that's, that's pretty much it. You know, it's funny, as I get older, I, you know, I feel like I'm getting a little bit wiser. And you realize when you really think about it, um, and I'll use Lanny Popo as an example. Uh, you know, I followed a guy on Facebook, and he had come to New York, uh, I guess, to, to visit some friends and enjoy some time back in the States. And I, I vividly remember him posting on, on one night, and he was, I guess he was at a Broadway play with a nice young lady. And the next morning, I'm getting a message from J.P. Zarka, who's my editor for Pro Wrestling Stories, saying Lanny was gone. I'm thinking, where's Lanny gone? Like, I, I, I just saw the guy on social media like 12 hours ago. And so you, you never well, know. I mean, you have no control. You think you do. But, you know, when it, when it all boils down to it, like you said, you know, when, the, when your card's up and the good man's ready to take you upstairs, um, it, it, it's time. And there's not a darn thing you can do about it. But, Buck, um, my next question is. You're like the 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 giant energizer bunny. You just keep going. You you'll be 54 in August. Did I get that right? Correct. Okay, and you've been wrestling for uh, 31 plus years, I believe. That's, yes, sir. All right. And so another one of our previous guests and a very good friend friend of yours, the uh, the boogie woogie boy Gary Valiant, close to that same age and close to that same type of experience. What, what keeps you guys going? You know, normally you know guys in their 50s are going to be sitting on the couch eating potato chips, watching Judge Judy. What 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 keep you what keeps you going? Well it's it's the love of the business really. Um you just gotta continue to stay in the gym, uh train hard, work hard, and uh have that mentality that you can go. Plus feed your body right with the with nutritional stuff, uh, instead of, you know, basically not having uh um the bomb bonds or potato chips or can you know, beer, whatever the case is, but uh, you know, what keeps me going is the love of the fans, just like they did with Jimmy Superfly Snooker, it's uh, me going out there, meeting you know, the fans, number one, going out there and selling yourself to the promoters each and every time to try to get uh, matches booked and try to bring in bigger crowds. Uh, to me, age don't mean a jack flip. I don't care what people say. You know, look at Rick Flair and Ricky Steamboat. They're in they're in their seventies. Look at Ricky Flair. He was he he did one last time in seventy three, I think it was, somewhere in there. But uh what keeps me going is uh, you know, just the love of the fans, it's in my blood. Uh faith is first and foremost and continue to train. Because without those things, if if your mentality has gone in a different direction, then uh, you know, then basically it's over for you, but I just enjoy I just enjoy the sport so much over the years. It's not even funny. But hmm. yeah, well, you're also I mean obviously you're getting the calls, you're getting booked, so there's still a, a you know desire on the part of the promoters to uh, have you on their shows. Right, I still am. As a matter of fact, um, I'll be back up in Gallatin, Tennessee next week. For the Rock and Wrestling Federation, and uh, following week after that, uh, two weeks after that, I'll be back in Alabama for a title match with a guy named Billy Sharp who likes to intimidate the giant. And you know, uh, it's time to put these guys down and show them, you know, who the real athletes are. And that's that's just the way it is in the business. 
Buck, what what uh, promotion is that? What ta- what uh, what Fed is that? The in, in Alabama uh, wi- for the title. Wiregrass Wrestling Alliance, I believe it is the WWA. Okay. Uh, they they just opened up. Uh, they had a big they had a big crowd the last time I was there in Dalton, Alabama, at, at the convention center inside the hotel. Uh, great crowd, a lot of kids running around. And um, when I made my appearance there, um, I was received very warmly. And that's what's important right there. Um, if, you know, just uh, go out there, say, uh, you know, just present yourself the way you are, just do the things that you're trained to do, and, you know, just trust, just trust the good Lord for the rest. And that's, that's, that's what you got to do. Well, Buck, let me ask you, um, Benny talked about, obviously, you you still working and wrestling and, uh, you know, pushing on. I, I was reading something in preparation for the interview. I was trying to do some research, and I came upon a study that was released in, in 2018 and updated last year. Um, they estimate that with uh, more than 7.4 billion people in the world, only – just uh, under 3,000, they said approximately 2,800 uh, are seven feet or taller. That's 0.000038% of the world's population. However, of that 2,800, an overwhelming majority of them are athletes. They refer to basketball, volleyball, handball, uh, among others. But only a fraction of that percent are wrestlers. You very rarely see seven foot or taller athletes go into wrestling. And I'm wondering being from the inside and, and having obviously, you know, 30 years of experience as a giant in, in the business yourself, why do you suppose it is that so few people who could take advantage of that size to be uh, a, a star an attraction? And, and like you said, uh, with the right training of, of wrestling, like a giant, uh, such as a long and, and storied career as yours, why do you suppose so few people of your height uh, get into wrestling? Well, number one, because they're true, they're, they're true athletes. Some of them are true athletes. Uh, I know a lot of giants who are, are for real as far as training-wise. Some of them are just for the attraction. But here's the thing. Um, just because you're ready to go doesn't mean you're going to get all uh, bookings each and every month or every time. And versus back 30 years ago when Andre, Stud, Bundy, all those guys were around. In today's vernacular, yes, a promoter may call you in. You can be put into a second match of the night and work a small guy who don't know how to work guys and not be a main attraction in the main event. And um, this is my this is what I'm trying to say. If a seven, if you're going to bring a seven foot three giant in professional wrestling and put him on a show. Don't put him in the first or second match. I don't agree with that. You just you just spoiled the whole night right there. You know, open up with the preliminary, the smaller guys uh, preliminary. That's the word I'm looking for, and then follow it up to the special attraction where uh, where the Giants going to be putting butts in seats, so to speak. And nowadays, there's not really that many Giants out there who are wrestlers. Why? Because they can't get matches the way they want to get matches. And the reason that is, smaller guys feel intimidated. They don't even know how to work a giant. And that's the truth. I said that the last time. And this is my opinion on that. I'm very thankful that I'm still getting matches. And, 
you know, a lot of promoters also will not book a giant because it takes it away from the smaller, young talent upcoming today. And to me, that's not right. Um, you know, work together as a team, uh, put great shows, and uh, use the old talent and new talent. Mix them together instead of doing all a superstar attitude type thing. Like the younger guys. And Benny, I think I know you know what I'm talking about when it comes Absolutely. to that. And uh, you just can't do that. Um, for example, me and Gary Valiant back in the day, Gary worked with the World Wrestling Federation. I'm going to say the World Wrestling Federation. And I went to WCW back in the 90s. It was totally different. We were getting plenty of work. We were getting, we were getting plenty of matches. Nowadays, they don't want to see that. All they want to do is see a flip-flop, flip-flop in the ring, um, win championship belts. What's the purpose behind it if you don't have a purpose? And that's not going to draw very well. I've learned that from along the way. And it's, it's just the way it is. But what the promoters need to do is book a giant in, and when they can, budget them in, and put butts in seats as a special attraction. Utilize it. Right. And so that's all you can say. Well, let me ask you to expand on that for a second. You mentioned the flippy style and, and anybody that's listening to the show knows my opinion on the on the flippy gymnastics mm-hmm. of wrestling. Earlier you talked about being trained to wrestle as a giant. Do you think the modern style and, and I hate using that word because it's really not wrestling, but the modern style of wrestling, the flips, the thousand miles a minute, the no psychology it, it, is that style just not conducive to working with a big man, regardless of training? It doesn't work with a big man. How can a big man go on the top rope and uh, do a sunset flip off the top rope? You know, even though Paul, um, the Paul, uh, the the big show went up there, that man booked the turnbuckles. And granted, he barely made it through. Look at the great Kyle B. C- can you imagine him doing a sunset flip on somebody? On a small guy? Hurricane Rana. Right. Yeah. And look at The Undertaker. Uh, all those guys. You know, the big guys are are there to use powerful size and their strength in their upper bodies, whatever the case is. And I think, and I still believe it today, if you utilize that right in matches today, they can they can draw much more than they um, they're able to. Well, one observation I have, Buck, is that most of the big men in wrestling, I don't remember anybody still going at fifty three years old. So what what are you doing that that those guys couldn't do? Uh, go to the gym, um, trusting God above, and uh, I, I'm going to be straightforward when I tell you this: not using steroids. There's a lot of boys out there who are using that. They will cheat to get to where they need to go. That's not the way to do it. Their careers will run short. And if you do that, your body's going to shut down. Not only their careers run short, their their lives for a lot of their lives ran short. Right. And, you know, I I don't pace myself like a small guy. I pace myself the way that works for me. And the most important workout that I do is cardiac. 
And if if you don't get the cardiac and get yourself um, breathing right, and, uh, then you're gonna run out of gas and you're and you're gonna blow up, so to speak. But uh, I just continue to go to the gym, train hard, and uh, do the best I can do under my under my speed and my uh, timing, and do things that's appropriate for me. And that's that's how that's how I'm, that's how I'm doing it. Well, Buck, and it's hard to believe it's been a whole year since you've been on the show, but I think it was March 22nd, so it's a it's a year and a and a, and a week. But uh, on the last show, we were talking about your feud with um, Tombstone Jesus from Devotion Championship Wrestling. And as hard as we've tried to call the guy out, and I think you have too, on social media, uh, it still hasn't been resolved. And there's a lot of people, myself included, and I know Dan does too, that want to see this match happen. Is that still a possibility? Anything is possible. I would love to have another match with Tombstone Jesus. But the problem is, Devotion Championship Wrestling has not responded whatsoever. I don't even know what Tombstone Jesus was thinking about or how he's feeling about this. But I'm, the root of the problem is Devotion Championship Wrestling because they have not responded over that year. Whether they think this match is a joke or not, I'm going to give it to Tombstone Jesus. He's a great, strong guy. Uh, he's a fantastic wrestler. I respect him tremendously. But, um, you know, if him and I would resign to have another match, we would have a great another match. But it's the promoter that I think is not allowing it to happen for some reason. Why? I don't know. I want to see it happen. There's, other, there's others that I want to see it happen, and it's just that simple. But you, know, you, you can't uh, make a horse drink out of the water if they don't want to drink. But um, it could be anything. But I would love to step back into the ring with Tombstone Jesus. And uh, um, you're you're willing to to make the trek out to Utah, correct? Oh yeah. So Dan, we, do you have any pull with those folks in the DCW? <laughs> we gotta no, make this really, happen. No. I'm asking Dan if if Dan's got some connections out there, because um, we we got to see this. I have to see this match. You know, I mean, it's definitely. One of those, like like we said last time, it's one of those matches we'd love to see. Your first one was great, and rematches are always always worth their weight. Uh, actually, Benny, speaking of matches, um, Buck, you, you talked. Uh, you, obviously, you're in demand and in, in as demand as ever. You just mentioned being in Tennessee. Uh, you recently wrestled here in Danville. Uh, you won that one, emerging victorious. Uh, you've wrestled in so many promotions all around the country. You've got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, you mentioned recently on social media, too, that you're still looking at winning some titles. Benny, um, can you think of any titles you might want to see, too? Uh, you might want to see uh, uh, Buck go for here? Well, you know, I have that commissioner thing going on in uh, Boogie's Championship Wrestling, BCW, and uh, or BWC, Boogie's Wrestling Camp, shame on me. And uh, there's a, a heavyweight champion named Mike Mars. Um, mm-hmm. And he's pretty big guy, kind of reminds me of a younger version of uh, Frank Goodish, a.k.a. Bruiser Brody. But the, the minute that I saw uh, um, Mike, I thought, man, what a great match it would be to see Mike against Buck Bresner for the for the BWC Heavyweight Championship. Um, how would you feel about that? I, I would love to step in the ring with Mike Morris. Um, you know, I don't agree with his cheating ways, but I will say that. If, you know, if BWC uh, uh, signs it, 
I'm there. No questions asked. You know, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready to be, I'm ready to win a, a title one more round. You never know how many rounds are left in this business at 53, 54 years old. But um, I am seeking championship matches, and Mike Mars is a number is a very strong possibility. Well, if I was asked tomorrow or today. We want you to wrestle with Mike Myers, would you? Absolutely. Sign it. And I'll be there. He's been uh, pretty yeah. much dominating all the competition there, but I think you'd give him a definite run for his money. Absolutely. Of course. And um, that's not only BWC, it's everywhere else. Wick, uh, Boogie Jimmy Zion, love him dearly, great man. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, I heard from him from the other day. And uh, he's doing pretty well, and it's been over a year since we've seen him. And, uh, you know, I want things to happen the right way, not because of me personally, but it's for the fans. If the fans don't see anything different, like watching <laughs> or viewing wrestling matches the way they are, that word's going to go. It's going to drop dead, if that makes any sense. 100%. 100%. Well, and, there, and there's another match that I'm speaking um, for. It could be here in Florida. It could be here uh, up up in Syracuse, New York. I want a match with the Cuban assassin Fidel Sierra. Ooh, wow! One last time, Cuba versus USA. Back to almost 25, 30 years ago, when I right before I went to WCW, the Cuban and I had a uh, had a big match. USA versus uh, Cuba, the, the flags was on the line, whatever the case was, the All-American title was on the line back then. Now, mind you, I respect the Cuban assassin. He's a great wrestler. It's the cheating that I cannot stand, if that makes any sense. Just like Jim Duggan says, if you pick yourself a target, go for it and shut it down. And if I wrestle the Cuban again, and some promoter here in Florida will sanction that match, I would try to shut the Cuban down in his keen ways, especially with his tag team partner, one half of the Barrio Brothers, Ricky Santana, and his manager, Fantasy. You know, and believe me, uh, they, all, they all do their things according to their ways, what makes it work for them. But I want a one-on-one match with the Cuban. And, you know, we're no strangers to the squared circle. That's like me stepping in the ring with uh, Hall and Nash. Or the or Ronnie Poffo. It no makes no difference to me. These people deserve to see decent wrestling matches. That's oh, man, all I feel about it. American Giant versus uh, Fidel Sierra, right? The Cuban assassin. I mean, the Correct. guy's a, the guy's a legend. That yes, match has to happen I, too. And wherever that happens in Florida, I'm getting in my car. I'm driving to see it. Oh, absolutely, and. Do I respect the Cuban assassin? Absolutely. Uh, he's one of the top wrestlers, you know, between uh, Puerto Rico or uh, Cuba or the WWE, WCW. He's been there. And I totally respect him for that. And like I said before, just like the late Jimmy Superfly Snooker would say, you got to have respect for each and every, every individual professional wrestler. And that's what I do. But the cheating ways, I cannot stand. You know, that's where I stand on that. 
it's in my blood. And uh, if people can stand behind the USA and quit, uh, get your, I'll put these, I'll put these this way, gentlemen, get your tushies off, support your professional wrestling superstars, and help them go on to victory. It's that simple. Quit giddy dallying. I, I love it. You know, the uh, we mentioned in a little bit of the banter at the beginning that WrestleMania weekend just happened. Uh, really, for the wrestling news in recent weeks has been dominated uh, by the re-rise after the subsequent fall last year of Vince McMahon. Uh, it was confirmed Monday. It was announced Monday that the sale slash merger uh, WWE being purchased by the parent company of the UFC, uh, merging those two into a global conglomerate, uh, two-day WrestleMania weekend. And and something that that McMahon gets quoted on a lot is he'd rather (laughs) sell the sizzle than the steak. And wrestling has become more of a spectacle, the glitz, the glamour, the 10-minute entrances. And, And the quality of the matches isn't really what seems to be remembered as much anymore. Now, there were some phenomenal matches at WrestleMania. I will give credit where credit's due. But for the most part, it's the glitz, the glamour, the the spectacle, the, the 100 mile an hour. We talked about the flippy stuff. Uh, I don't know how much of the current product you follow, but do you think professional wrestling is moving in the right direction? Not necessarily, no. Because... The way they're the way they're utilizing their talent, and gentlemen, I'm gonna put this, I'm gonna say this straightforward. Vince McMahon is a damn fool for merging with UFC. I don't care what other people say. I don't care what they think. They can shut me down. Whatever. Here's the bottom line. Way back in the day, Vince McMahon ran the and I'm gonna say again the World Wrestling Federation. He ran it very very professionally with Hulk Hogan, Bob Backlund, the magnificent Morocco, and John Stone and Andre, and the very first WrestleMania, they drew a special WrestleMania three, ninety-three thousand plus in Pontiac Silverdome with Hogan and Andre. What what is he doing today? He's making an ass out of himself. He's making an ass out of the business. And he's not representing professional wrestling the way it is that way he was. He just wants to do his own thing. I don't agree with a lot of the things he does in the business here recently. And if there's other wrestlers who agree with me, great. If not, that's fine too. But here's the bottom line, gentlemen. This thing like the this thing like back in the old days with Vern Gagne or um, Gordon Soley and all these guys. And I was told many times in the past that if Vince McMahon Sr. was around, he would not be pleased. And I know and I believe that. You know that's really funny, Junior. Buck. I was I was just getting ready to ask you that 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 what would how would how would Vince Senior feel? Because quite honestly, you know, amongst all the territories, you know, the thirty territories or whatever, all these guys had handshake agreements, and Vince Senior was very highly respected as a man of his word. And they all, you know, yes, the, the, the implied agreement was that none of them would invade the other's territory. And the minute he he went and sold the co- uh, the company to his son, his son did the exact opposite. Right. I would rather watch on YouTube today, Bruno San Martino, John Bookie, Jimmy Valiant, and uh, Tony Blanchard and Justin Rose versus watching the uh, new era today. 
new era today, guys, is full of sexual crap that I can't even stand, that, that kids can, shouldn't be watching, that parents endorse. I know that maybe a lot of parents that may not endorse it, but a lot of them that they do. Just for the excitement. And to me, today's vernacular, it's not professional wrestling. Now, on the independent scene, different story. Di- totally different story. But as far as the WWE, um, I, I am beside myself that the way, the direction they went. I can't, I, and I cannot blame Stephanie McMahon for stepping down or resigning. Can't blame her for that. But Vince, Vince Sr. can do a lot better. Bring back the old, bring back the old school. What's wrong with it? That's my question for tonight. What's wrong with old school? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing yeah. here. So, I mean, rate, and, ratings and money. You know, they, they they said at the peak of the territories, there was as many as 30 million people a week watching wrestling. In some areas, it was the highest rated show on television on Saturdays or Mondays, respectively. And now uh, 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 SmackDown does 3 million, and it's the highest rated wrestling show in the world. And uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, um, I ran into him in Dalton, Alabama one time at a, at a convention. Uh, he told me personally, he goes, you know, big man, there's a lot of pe- there's a lot of talent today who don't know how to put themselves over. And I agree with him. Because they think, they think they're already superstars. And like I said before, if you come up to me and uh, you're a young guy trying to tell Steve how to run a match, guarantee you I'm going to shut it down real quick and squash it. Number one, you don't tell the season about how to run the match. It's up to the booker or promoter how they want it done, not the young talent. You know, it's, it's just that simple. You work with a boss. You don't work with the other wrestler. Even though it's a team effort, the overall is the, the promoter has the final shot. And that's why I stand on it. Buck, one of the things I truly admire about you is your positivity. And I know that you and I don't you know, want to get into any kind of specifics, but, you know, in the time that I've known you, you've endured quite a few uh, personal setbacks. But it seems like no matter what happens to you, um, you always come back. You bounce back better than ever. And so do you feel like this has contributed to your longevity in wrestling and, and your success? I really I really think so. I do. Um, it doesn't matter whether I'm doing an autograph session or out there doing a Hall of Fame, whatever the case is. I'm very well known just by walking in the street in the middle of the day or going to my regular job. When I walk into a grocery store or gas station, people already know who I am. As a matter of fact, one time um, I was taking a Greyhound bus uh, from point A to point B during that uh, natural disaster storm. Every single time I stepped into a Greyhound bus station, people knew who I was right off the bat. And they would turn around and say, hey, that's that wrestler of the American Giant. And with social media, I'm sorry, excuse me, social media, you know, it's going to happen. Now, do I take pride of that? Yes, because in a way that, you know, I'm very honored and thankful and humbled. But here's the thing. Just because they say that, don't get the big hands. Because if you do, if anybody does, it's squash your time. But 
you don't need no Hall of Fame or anything like that. I mean, if you're well known, you're well known. And I think Benny, I think he's going to test for that. Yes. But would do I? If I was asked right now, would you consider working for AEW or the WWE? Would I go? I will go to meet with them and see what they have to say. I will do that. Take it from there. Well, I mean, it certainly of never hurts. It, no, of course I would like. I would love to work for the company. Well, here's the bottom line: treating my family full of respect. <laughs> Excuse me, and full of respect. Well, let's uh, let's have you expand on that a little bit. AEW, we've had several guests on that have wrestled <laughs> for them in their their elevation and dark and and their secondary, um, especially and probably more so now with the relaunch of Ring of Honor. Uh, anybody? AEW has floating around. You'd love to have a match with. Um, let's see. Well, I don't think he's there now. I would, I would love to wrestle Cody Rhodes in a good match, good solid match. Or um, let's see who else is there. I don't know. I don't know that many guys in AEW. You have to help me out with this one. Um, How about Big Show? Another one. Big Show, I would love to have a match with Big Show. That would be great. As a matter of fact, you know I worked at Big Show back in WCW. You were there at the same time he was, right? Exactly, yes. I would love to have a match with Jay Lethal. What's wrong with that? I've seen Jay Lethal have some good matches with big men. That'd probably be great. Jay Lethal's a tremendous wrestler. I respect him. And, uh, you know, um, Jay Lethal knows who I am. And and I know who he is. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talent there I'm sure I, I would like to wrestle. But, you know, you just never know. You never know what the next phone call is going to bring. And um, if I was, you know, if I was asked to come up and, uh, Possibly uh, sign a contract to work with them. Will I do it? I will see what they have to offer and take it from there. Am I the best wrestler in the world? No, I'm 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 only trained by the best that uh, that what I can do. And if that's not good for them, then I'm sorry. I'm just gonna be honest about it, you know, and uh, do it right, just like Boris Malenko would say. Keep it professional in every sense of the word. And that's why you always tell the guys. And his sons weren't, they weren't, they were pretty darn good wrestlers too. Right. Yeah. Dean and Jody. Yeah. Yeah. And one other thing I want to bring up, gentlemen, real quick that I forgot. Uh, superstar Billy Graham, I hear, is not doing very well health wise either. And, um, you know, if you, if, um, I don't know, I don't know how his condition is at this point. But uh, I understand he has COVID or something like that. His wife mentioned I could be wrong, but uh, I, I don't think I am. And my prayers goes also goes out to the superstar. He's been he's been uh, battling health issues for quite a while. Like yes, him. that's true. Correct. And um, you know, would I like to wrestle Roman Reigns? 
or Brock Lesnar or all those guys, well, here's the thing. That's all up to them. All I can do is uh, present the product. Is either is either that make you yay yay or you nay nay? So as they got the Bible would say, and that's true. Yeah. But um, you know, I would love the rest of the tougher guys in the business. Here's the thing: Are they willing to bring an independent giant from Florida up there to do it? I'm more than willing to go. I think you have to, as you know, wrestling at any level, you 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 have to want to go against those big guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and you totally have to good. believe that you can beat them. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, so, just do the best you can. And, you, and uh, if I lose against some of those guys, so what? Here's the thing. I became a winner because I stepped into the ring with the, with the top guys today. Hey, if you earn their respect, that's a, that's a win. Exactly. But, you know, I, I, want some, I want some decent competition. I'm tired of wrestling smaller guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. Small guys are great. But where is the growth for the giant? Where is it? I'm hungry. And I'm going to tell every promotion in the East Coast, West Coast, down south, wherever, the American giant is hungry. And if you think I'm not for real, Book me a match, and I'll tell you in action how real I am. And Benny knows that. I can attest to that. I, I saw him wrestling, and the man is 100% real. Buck, and speaking of that, so you've been very active in the independent wrestling scene. And, you know, Dan's in Virginia. I'm in Florida. You've wrestled extensively in both of those states. And can, now, can, can you talk about some of the top promotions in those states and maybe throw in a few nearby states where you've wrestled to, uh, like North Carolina, Kentucky, and Tennessee, where do people go to see the really good independent wrestling action? Well, Pure One, Pure Pro Wrestling is one of the good organizations in the state of Virginia. Um, uh, they do three hundred. They, they do three hundred people last week when I was there at Skate Town. They did very, very well. Um, let's see who else was there. Uh, I think it's in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, Jimmy Valiant School. Was wrestling at the state fairgrounds like two years ago, I think it was, if I remember right. Uh, and he he drew a lot of people too. I mean, he had some of the top stars there. You know, Mike Mars was there. Uh, pretty boy Stan Lee was out there. Uh, uh, I respect Stan Lee. He was a great wrestler. Um, you know, but the and in Kentucky, I just there's not many in Kentucky that I can think of because I think a lot of them are folded. In Kentucky, but it's, um, that, that's all I really know as far as that part of it. Now, how about here by us, Buck, in the Tampa Bay area? What, what's what's here? You got Proving Ground. You got um, let's see, you got Proving Ground. You got uh, um, what's that other one? The is there an ACW, uh, American Combat ACW. Wrestling? I think it is. Uh, they folded. The promoter oh, passed okay. away. Yeah. Um, I forgot the one that Hound Dog, um, the Puerto Rican Hound Dog, uh, prom is a promoter for, um, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but you, know, you got Proving Ground, you got uh, EGCW out of Deltona, Florida, you got, um, Championship Wrestling from Florida out of Tampa Bay. 
under new management. Um, there's a lot of them around here. And here in the state of Florida, it's so overpopulated, it's not even funny. So, so Bob, to- for, for the fans, um, tell, tell us, because I, I do the same thing for baseball. I'm, I'm not going to spend 50 bucks to go see the Rays. I'm, I'm just not going to do that. But I will spend $7 or $8 to go to Dunedin or to Clearwater and catch a catch a uh, minor league, a Florida State League game. Where I, you know, I, can, right. I can sit in the front row for 8 bucks. I can get a, a bratwurst and a beer. I, I'm going to invest my money in, in local minor league baseball. How important is it for wrestling fans to invest their money in indie wrestling as opposed to paying, you know, hundreds of dollars to go see a WrestleMania. I think, I think it's very important, um, Betty, because of the fact, um, number one, there are some of them out there who, who are overpriced. Well, when I was told there are some of them who are reasonably, reasonably priced. Overly priced is like you're paying almost $40 a ringside ticket on the independent. Why would you want to pay overly priced on that? Where you go to another company here in Florida and only pay ten dollars a ringside ticket, and just because uh, they have the top stars working for them, just because they're a top name, you know, um, if you overprice them, there are times where you're going to lose money. And I'm not a promoter or anything like that, but I, I've seen it where you know if you overprice it, they're going to lose money, especially on ticket sales. It depends, really. But uh, I would never, ever, ever in my dream pay $200 for a ringside ticket at WrestleMania. Why? You're wasting money. Well, actually, uh, next year's WrestleMania 40, I just for the heck of it, I went online, uh, and uh, it's going to be in Philadelphia. The the two-day pass in nosebleed country was over 700 bucks, going up to... Uh, over four thousand dollars, and yeah. that, which is, I think, is insane. Now, I remember my dad taking me to the Island Garden. Yes, I know it's ancient history. It was nineteen sixty-eight, and he couldn't. I bet he paid three or four bucks, and we had great seats. And even if you take that three or four bucks in nineteen sixty-eight and you index it for inflation, maybe it's thirty yeah. bucks, which is still very reasonable. I mean, I'll gladly pay thirty bucks to go see a good quality wrestling show, but I'm not paying. I I, I told a friend that you know if if George Harrison and John Lennon arose from their graves and the Beatles reunited, I still would give it some thought if I was going to pay to pay $700. It's just, just crazy to pay that kind of money just to watch, just to watch a wrestling match. Sure. It is all, they're all in it just for the money. That's all. That's all there is to it. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I'm just thankful that I'm not, a promoter. I'm not a booker. I'm not a shot caller. I'm just a regular wrestler. So if I get a phone call, if I can make the match, I will do the match. No problem with that. No question there. I still think it's crazy when you talk tickets. When the stories came out, the WWE purchase, uh, obviously they, they cited the same numbers. They said last year the company did 1.29 billion dollars in revenue so let's say 1.3 billion over 1 billion of that was media contracts so you're talking you know uh that's the television rights for raw smackdown pay-per-views you know whatever you want to say um 
but I mean, when you think about one point one point two nine billion and one billion of that is from revenue over one billion, almost 80 percent of the company's money comes from things besides ticket sales and merchandise. So, I mean, they're they're not only charging these absorbent prices for tickets, but the ticket sales at this point for the company are an afterthought. The WWE could run empty arena shows like they did during COVID and still make money. So, I oh, mean, yeah. it's entirely fleecing people at that point. You could have the old school. Benny, you mentioned the um, um one of our our uh, chats on the Dan and Benny page. Something like what was it five bucks to go see Bruno? Yeah. Yeah, that, you know? that the, the match I was talking about, maybe five bucks to uh, sit in the you know the first row to see Bruno and Toro Tanaka, and there were other. I mean, it wasn't just them, and there was Johnny Rods was there, uh, Baron Cicluna, Edward Carpentier. You know, it was like a typical, you know, almost a typical card that you would see at the Garden. But you know, I can only imagine now. Like it, my dad, when I said, "Can you take me to see the wrestling matches?" He never had to think, well, I, I, you know, can I afford it? It was just, you know, the only thing that, that he wondered about was, you know, could he, could he fit it around his work schedule? The money wasn't an issue, whereas now, you know, you have that issue. It was like, well, let me see. Can I, have, can I afford to spend 700 bucks or, you know, t- times whatever, how many family members? That's, that's a budget line item. It's not an afterthought. Yeah. Uh, I had to dig out some old receipts. Um, WWE Raw is going to be here in Virginia at Hampton. And so I got with, together with some friends and it has been years since we went to a wrestling show together. And I dug out the old receipts and the tickets were with fees. They were about $70. So three tickets was 210 bucks for yes. all three of us. Uh, I, I Same tickets to raw. That's going to come be here in Hampton in a couple weeks is a, uh, I want to say it was the same same seats, same section was three hundred dollars a piece. That's insane. Yeah, just to, just to watch three hours of. I mean, I love wrestling. I mean, I love wrestling. Well, to like watch three itself, hours of show, Raw only. Right. I mean, how much how much actual wrestling? wrestling? And three hours of wrestling or three hours of of time, you might see like twenty eight minutes of wrestling. And that's the other thing, too. Like back in the day when I went to go see wrestling, I went to go see wrestling. I mean, I didn't care about entrance music. I didn't care about pyrotechnics. I cared that Bruno didn't lose his title. And that was the only thing that I cared about. And now people go to a show and they just go for the glitz and the glamour and saying they went to the show. They don't really have the emotional attachment to any of these guys. I don't think that I had to the guys back in my, you know, when I was a kid. Right. They don't. No, they don't. I guarantee you that. Well, let me ask you right. your thought, your thoughts on that book. You said earlier in the show you didn't like the idea of the WWE and UFC merging. One of the things the UFC has been really successful about is the brand. Yes, they have stars, um, Conor McGregor, George St. Pierre, the, the people that, that they can build a card around one name, Brock Lesnar, for a while. But really, the UFC as a whole is the brand. People will buy tickets to UFC and not really care who's on the card because they're going to go see the UFC. Wrestling was always about the names. I didn't just go buy tickets to wrestling. I wanted to go see, you know, Flair and Steamboat and and obviously Benny. You know, when he talked about going to see Bruno, 
I'm wondering <laughs> it, what are your thoughts on that, that the WWE is basically going to end up being a brand where people are just going to go watch wrestling and not really care about the names on the top of the bottom of the card. Well, uh, the thing about it is UFC, that, that's the, the um, alternate fighting, right? Correct. Well, okay. You got the alternate fighting talent and the regular wrestling talent. And they can bring in whoever they want, what they want to do, but they may not be able, um, they may not even want to bring in certain people just for the heck of it. And I just don't like the idea of them merging because of the fact you may not even get, ever get a chance to work for a major company. Unless they like you. That's like, that's like saying, if I date the guy that likes you, he'll talk to you. If he doesn't like you, get away from him. Same thing here. And, you know, Vince McMahon almost had me arrested one time. Benny, I think I told you that story. No, I don't remember that. Uh, let us hear that. Okay. Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon and Pat Patterson came back in the, UL, the Sun Dome one time, getting away for a TV match. And uh, I was sitting there talking to the security guard. And uh, Vince comes up, shakes my hand. And says, uh, you know, hi, how are you? Blah, 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 blah. So I'm doing good. And I went up to Vince politely. I told him who I was. And I told him, I said, you know, if you ever need some extra wrestlers, I'm more than happy to wrestle for you. Guys, he, the man slapped his hand away from me. He says, get the F away from me. We don't deal with Tampa Bay jabronis like you. Now, that's wow. how Vince was really sneaky. Now, here's the thing. A little while later, T.J. Strongbow and George Steele came up to me and says, uh, big guy, he says, uh, rumor has it that you went to Vince. Is that true? Is this be honest? I say, yes. He goes, the rule about the World Wrestling Federation, do not go to Vince. You come to us. We're the bookers. And I didn't even, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know that that was the golden rule. And he said, we know you didn't mean no harm. And um, we hear you're doing very well with Malenko. Just keep working hard. And they gave me, those two gave me a lot of encouragement. And McMahon, I tell you one thing, he can be a pain in the ass. Excuse my language. Sorry to say that, but he can be. And a couple of days later, I went to, back to Larry's, um, Boris Malenko's gym to train. He uh, came up to me and goes, What's this? I hear you into Vince. Anything that happens to Tampa Bay, Boris knows. <laughs> so I had a heart to heart conversation with him. He says, big guy, don't rush things. Let it come to you. That's the key. And I've learned that. And I truly loved and respected Boris for that because it felt like a dad talking to his son. Don't rush things. It'll come. Keep working hard. And to to that day, WCW came along a little while later and it, it started um, I am out since then, and I'm very thankful today that I'm, I'm one of the recognizable guys in the business. I'm very humbled, and I'm very thankful for all the fans, all the promoters, and uh, everyone who I ever done inter- interviews with on your podcast. Everybody, I've learned from all these things. This is what I mean. If you don't, just because you're a professional wrestler for 31 years, you still learn a lot of things each and every day, no matter how long you've been in. That's true. That's hell of a note to end on, actually, because we're 
wrapping up here. I think that's great final thoughts. Uh, Buck, before we let you go, um, I'm going to give you a chance to kind of plug yourself, uh, tell the listeners where they can find you on social media, hype any upcoming appearances, anything like that. Sure. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Go under uh, Buck Bresner, the American Giant. You'll see my picture on there with Hulk Hogan, with Ricky Steamboat. And I got to get that changed out, by the way. Um, uh, you can find me on YouTube. My documentary is on YouTube. All the information is on there. Nine matches are on there. And um, basically, I'll be going to uh, Gallatin, Tennessee here next next Friday, starting Sunday for a small tour. And uh, shortly after that, I'll be going to Alabama for a title match. And then back up the East Coast, back up to Virginia on May the 6th in Hope, Virginia. And um, um, then possibly up to New York City. We'll see how that's going to go. And uh, that's that's all I got at the moment. And there's a lot of other things that work. And as soon the more information I find out in the future, I wish, I'll be glad to share along, especially on the Dan and Benny show. And uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on. I just don't know. I just don't know the details yet. Sounds good. Well, always a pleasure talking to you, the American Giant Buck Bresner, uh, true <laughs> giant of the industry. No, no pun intended. Uh, thank you so much for your time and for being here. And uh, we'll definitely, Benny will reach out to you after uh, after we get this episode edited and uploaded, and we'll have you back on. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be on. And I appreciate you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, Buck. We'll see you soon. You betcha. Take care. All right. I'll tell you what, Benny. I'm, I'm 39. If I'm in half that good a shape at his age, I would be thoroughly impressed. And the fact that, I mean, we talked about it, you know, he's really, I mean, literally a giant among men. And when you start seeing people, his height in their, in their thirties and forties, they're all, it's the stories of all oh, my knee, my back and, and this, that, and, the, and he's still out there a hundred percent, uh, running around, doing, taking bumps in the ring. I mean, it's 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 impressive. He's a a real testament to his fitness and heart for the business. I mean, thirty years—that's incredible. Yeah, he's definitely an anomaly. Um, he when the the match I saw him wrestle, he gave the guy a choke slam. The guy's like fifty something years old. I mean, he's giving choke slams, and the, the, his opponent was probably six seven, six eight. But he truly is a giant, and. I mean, God bless him. He's, he's still doing what he loves. And, you know, quite honestly, the, the, the shelf life of any giant in any sport, if you even look at basketball, most of the, the really tall guys, I mean, like the super tall guys, like a Yao Ming, uh, who else? George Murasan. Yeah, uh, Manute Bowl. Uh, yeah. I mean, those guys, none of those guys lasted more than like six or seven years. I think Yao Ming might have lasted like eight or nine, but the other guys lasted maybe five or six. And- and none of them are going to take a bump at, at 53, that's for sure. No, no. Absolutely you know, it, not. It's, it's funny. People talk about wrestling, and they talk about the NWO as, I mean, you're, you're talking the 90s. That's, you know, pushing 30 years ago. Like, the NWO was some old thing we all remember from, from our youth. And if you look up Buck Bresner on YouTube, one of the first things that comes up was a match against the NWO 
in an era when everybody back then is, 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 you know, that was so long ago and here he is still working. It's, it's incredible. And, and I mean that as a, as a huge compliment, because when we look at people uh, like we've talked with, you know, Jimmy Valiant and some of the guys we've had on the show that are still going, it's just such a testament to how people can take care of themselves. And then you watch, uh, you know, I, I hate to keep ragging on him, but like Ric Flair's last match. And it was obvious that, his long-term health was never really in the, in the cards. No, you know, never his long-term plan. I should say. Definitely not. Yeah. Buck bucks. I mean, he's a good guy and he really truly loves what he does. And I hope he keeps going for a while. He, I mean, he said it, it, it's his love of the business is what's keeping him going. And that's great stuff. But you know, Benny, we got a lot of, uh, a lot of good shows coming up here down the pipeline. We just finished. Um, we kind of set when we first started, we sort of set the, uh, the tone that, that WrestleMania weekend would be our new start for us. So this will be season four. Yeah. Dan and Benny wow. in the ring coming uh Buck will be the first episode for season four. Um, when is when is my uh, contract come up for negotiation? I Well uh, see we're we actually uh, I didn't want to didn't want to drop anything, but we're gonna merge with the UFC. So uh you you we're gonna uh we're just gonna replace you with AI. I got I got a chat GPT <laughs> program coming up here soon. That'll, so we'll uh, that'll work. Dan, I mean, Dan, Dan can and AI Chat, tell hooker jokes though? I mean, well, I mean, I don't know. Dan and Chat GPT in the ring just doesn't have the okay. same 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 feel to it, does it? Hey, if if they can drop a Latvian hooker joke, more power to them. <laughs> I love it. I will say though, we'll have to uh, talk some smack to each other on our next episode because they got the Rangers tonight, but my Orioles and your Yankees—they're the next series. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, we'll have a couple games to to talk some smack to each other about. No. They're an improved team, though. I mean, they they've come up the ranks a, a bit. You know, I as far as my Yankees go, I hate to say it. I mean, they they beat the Giants two out of three. They look good, but that, that second game where the blue pen the the blue pen bullet the the bullpen blew it. Um, I think that's going to happen more often than not. They have too many weak spots, and much as I'd like to see them win number twenty eight, it's been a long time since they won anything. Since right, going on fourteen years. I don't think it's going to be this year. Yeah, no, I can I can understand that. I'm kind of excited as a, as an Orioles fan. It's been a long time since we've looked forward to a season. Usually, there's the dedicated fan base, but you just know in the back of your mind that something ain't going right. But last year they were on fire. They came within a, a hair's breadth of the playoffs. They've got a really young, good team and the number one ranked farm system in the majors, which is incredible because when Angelos owned the team. Peter Angelos owned the team. He didn't give two craps about the minor leagues. They were always at the bottom of the list. So to see the new ownership and the new team leadership put uh, the the best farm system into majors. And I'm also uh, I also enjoy that because right up the street, Norfolk Tide, they're Baltimore's triple A team. So right. if I, I get to watch the best best minor league baseball right there. You get but, them watching uh, uh, coming up and going down. Exactly. It's but, you know, not for anything, but the local, not that I have any interest in them, but, but the Rays, I mean, I think for, you know, they, they've done it the right way. They've grown from the bottom up, whereas mm-hmm. most of the, the higher revenue teams are doing it from the tops down. But the the Rays are in contention just about every year. And if the, if the Orioles have that good of a farm system, they're going to be in the same boat. They're always going to be, you know, at the top of the division. Right. And and to, uh, you know, of course, that was something Angelos was never he was never one to. uh trade prospects for talent so i mean when you got the number one ranked farm system if you need that one or two missing pieces to make a playoff push you got plenty of good good trade bait down there too but 
Benny, we uh, before we get off topic too much for baseball, another great show in the books for the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. I'm Dan Spash. I'll have a good night, everyone, and we will see you next time we're in the ring.